I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Tanner McGee, Louisiana State Rep, District 53, talking about a ghost kitchen. I had never heard about this. Tanner, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me on, Noel. So tell us about ghost kitchens. This was uh, something new to me. I would not heard of it. Well, you know what? It was actually new to me, too. I mean, you were kind of, you know, they, they being a state rep kind of puts you in a position you have to learn about things you never thought you would. Uh, but what's going on now is restaurants and uh, other people are creating what they call a ghost kitchen, which means the restaurant doesn't really exist. It only exists on apps where you can order food. Um, so when, what you're seeing is there's, it's kind of happening two ways. Maybe somebody doesn't want to have a full restaurant, so they rent a kitchen, and they'll deliver the food to you. That's one way. And then the second way, which is uh, kind of what's been kind of more pressing and more concerning, is a normal restaurant will create a fictitious restaurant name and serve food out of it uh, for a host of reasons. Maybe they think that you don't, you know, their reputation or they're doing something different than what they normally do. Uh, in their kind of traditional kitchen restaurant space. Uh, and so people are, will go on an app like, you know, Waiter or DoorDash, and they'll see these restaurants that don't really exist, and then they'll order the food and it's delivered to them. And so that what they don't, the public doesn't really know that this kind of restaurant's fake. But it's not fake. It actually gives you your food. Um, and, you know, one of the big concerns we're having right now with it is, or at least from my perspective, is – you know, what if a restaurant has a low letter grade from LDH on its health inspections, develops a bad reputation, and all they got to do is change their name, say, you know, they're now something else, and then you don't realize it's the same place, and you're getting, you know, you wouldn't normally order from there, and you're getting food that is cooked in a kitchen that might have some, some health issues. So that's kind of the the brief overview of it, but I'm learning like you are, and this is kind of like technology um, changing how we live in a, in a real way and how we regulate. Now, have you communicated with LDH? Because I understand that they say that they, they're, they're aware of this, and uh, as it relates to their rules, um, none of that is a problem, right? Is that their stance at the present time? That's their stance at the present time, as I understand it from my conversation with them. But, I, you know, uh, unless you've been in state government, LDH has got – so much going on as a behemoth, I could, I'm not surprised that they really don't care. I mean, at the end of the day, I think they just want to inspect kitchens and give letter grades out. They, they're not really all that concerned um, if somebody is kind of confusing the public at this point until somebody calls their attention to it. So the concern on, on your part is, is that it kind of defeats the whole uh, legislation behind this rating system because now um, 
you're not really that service doesn't really get rated and it may be coming out of a kitchen that you've decided that you're not going there because they continue to have LDH issues, violations. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's the whole point of these letter grades that we do. You know, we do for schools now. We do them for for health inspections. As it's an easy kind of tool to, for the public to kind of see and know. You get an A, you get a B, C, D, E, and F. You, nobody wants to go eat at F. Um, I think that gets closed down. But still, people, some people take it very seriously when they're making their choices that they want to eat at a clean place um, that has an A rating. And they, they I've, you know, when they publish them in the paper, I read them because I want to know what the health infractions were. Um, and if you can just change the name of your restaurant and just keep doing it without any sort of registration process, I mean, it pretty, it's pretty easy to skirt around those letter grades. And what's the point of them at that point? Yeah. And obviously, this is one of those situations where the good suffers for the bad, right? Because I can see the business model here because of the sunk cost that you have uh, in the kitchen. You may have capacity when the economy is in a downturn, less people are going and, and dining in. And as a result of that, you're looking to keep people employed and to keep product moving. So you engage um, in this. And I guess the question is, is just, you know, the regulation of it more than anything else because I, I i do see you know that this is um smart business quite frankly oh absolutely and look i you know I, i've always prided myself on trying to be as pro-business in the state as we can be um you know and it's i think semolina is now basically operates ghost kitchens and not you know uh, that's not wrong with that there's, that's, there's nothing wrong with the model i mean look and i'm also one of the first people to tell you is we always need to be adjusting for realities whether we like them or not Technology, this is where we're going. I think we just need to figure out a way where we can keep up the technology, keeping pace with our regulations and our regulations moving with the technology itself. Uh, because I agree with you. I mean, you need to keep allow business. And look, and I think there's a real benefit to I mean, maybe you have a reputation for doing wings and you realize that you've got some good ideas on Chinese food or something like that. And you want to, but you know, you can't do it in your own monarchy because my people might not want it. Um, it right. also allows the kitchen to become more efficient. You know, it's, it's, it's not staying, it has no downtime because you're turning it over to somebody else you rent it out to. I mean, there's a lot of like really good stuff for the business owner to, to, to utilize. But at the same time, we also got to worry about the safety of our, of our citizens when that they can trust that the food they're getting is uh, being cooked well, in a healthy way that will make let, them sick. Let me ask you this. The, these food delivery services, do, do we know how much due diligence they do as to whether or not they're actually picking food up. A lot of these are presented on their apps, right? Correct. Um, That's really how these restaurants. And and do we know if they're doing due diligence? Do we know if they check to make sure that they have all the appropriate certificates and they've had all of the, the regulatory approvals? The short answer is no. Uh, the longer answer is it depends on the individual app that you're dealing with. They all have their own. Uh, but I was – me and actually uh, Ted James, Representative James, got in this argument on the House floor about alcohol delivery. I thought that these apps were doing uh, – he was right and I was wrong. Uh, these apps were doing a bunch of due diligence. And Ted's like, no, like there's just some random dude showing up, picking it up, and dropping it off. And they're like, we need to do more. And I looked into it, and turns out Ted was right at the time, and so we put in some stuff in place. But – there really is kind of the Wild West on these various apps on what they do on their end of it. They all claim to do a lot, but the ones that are actually doing it is, is kind of a hit or miss. So in theory, 
you and I could hook up with one of these food delivery companies. We could go in my backyard um, and use my barbecue pit and start cooking food and start taking orders and having food deliver and not ever have a health department certificate or anything else. I mean, it's almost no different than going out and buying food from these uh, trailers sitting on Poyser Street during a Saints game. Yeah, I mean, that's that in theory there's that's pretty much accurate yeah that you could probably get around a lot by just and then you know it's ldh would start chasing you the, the concern is you can just keep changing the name right <laughs> that's the easy part of the ghost kitchen aspect of it is you just you're not really in a location you're not really anywhere and you can just keep changing the name to stay ahead of um ldh and they just be chasing you the whole time so I, it gets back to that culture of noncompliance for me, the, you know, the good are suffering for the bad. So the bad could actually set up this business, use DoorDash, whatever else, if there's no due diligence, in all fairness, I don't know, but never pay any taxes, never pay to have, you know, my health certificate, never do any of the, don't have an occupational license tax, sales tax license, any of that, Uh and, and have a competitive advantage over every other brick-and-mortar restaurant out there because I'm not having to pay all these taxes. I'm not, I'm not paying um, uh, work comp. I'm not paying liability. I'm not, you know, I, I have none of that. I'm, I could just be cooking out of my backyard. Yeah, I mean, in theory, I mean, I think you ultimately owe those, those obligations to the state, but I, mean, I think you can stay ahead of them by just changing the name so quickly that nobody would ever catch up at it. I mean, I think that's probably the biggest concern is that how easily you're just showing up in, on the Internet and delivering food is. Yeah, you see, that that's almost a bigger it, – it's not bigger, but it's equally as important to me because it gives the people that conduct their business that way an unfair competitive advantage over all of these brick and mortars that 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 – put their blood, sweat, and tears into their business and have to pay all of these regulatory costs in order to conduct business, and you have people that pay nothing. And, yes. And, you know, yeah. and then we, you've created this this imbalance in the market, and, you know, the, the heartthrob of our city is the brick and mortar, whether we agree with that or not, whether we agree that these new founded culture bearers cooking out of the back of a trailer is going to be our new culture, that's fine, but they need to collect sales tax. They need to get all of the appropriate approvals. They need to pay for the licenses like everybody else. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be part of the culture. You know, the culture is devoid of any obligation to government and society at large, in my view. And that's where we run amok in all of this. Your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, I, I agree with everything you said. I think, you know, the big thing is we just really haven't as a state or as the local entity or anybody as, as a government figured out really how to regulate the Internet. I mean, that's really what we're, we're you know, these are all like minor issues that were not minor issues, they're big issues, but they're all under the same umbrella of we don't know how or we haven't figured out a good strategy yet for our departments and our agencies to keep pace with the changes on the internet. I mean, that's just, it's just outstripping us every step of the way. And we're just continually behind. Um, At some point we're going to have to figure out, you know, how, how do we do that? How do we attack the technology issue? Is that something that you're going to try and tackle? uh, Or if you know if someone else is going to try and tackle in this legislative session? 
You know, we're just learning about this. To, uh, like I said, I didn't know about this three months ago. I just really been coming up to speed as it's kind of populated and people have been kind of talking about it. Um, we've got a lot going on. I'm not sure it's going to be at the forefront, uh, if I'm being honest with you. There's so much. Yeah, no, that, I, you know, I get it. Yeah. We've got insurance and crime. and Yeah, I'd, I'd much else. rather y'all focus on the insurance. <laughs> Exactly. Me too. I'm selfish. Full transparency. I am selfishly motivated. Me too. No, people call me. You got to do it. Like, dude, I'm with you. I got to pay the same insurance you do. Nobody, I don't get a legislative break on that. I promise you. Um, No, so I mean, those are the bigger issues. But I think this is something that'll keep bubbling up. um, And I think eventually we'll have to address. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, Tanner McGee, Louisiana State Rep District 53. Appreciate your time and your insight, and we'll continue to follow this story. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870. And there is a story about this. Uh, Travis Mackle did a story on it at WDSU.com, so I wanted to point that out as well. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 